1: On today's episode, I'm interviewing Allie Jones. Allie's a young mom, but she's been through a lot in her short time as a mother. And in the interview, you'll hear her faith and her willingness to trust God through some very difficult trials. Whether your trials are similar to Allie's or completely different, I think you'll feel hope and strength through her words. I know I walked away from this interview feeling so inspired by her willingness to share what she's been through. And now here's my interview with Allie Jones. Jones. Thank you, Allie, for being here today hey. um, on the podcast, Spiritually Minded Mom. We're so glad that you you would take the time to do this because I know that you are a very busy mom. So thank you. And let's go ahead and just jump right in. Okay. All right. So the question that a lot of times a mom is asked, the first thing that someone asks a mom is, how many kids do you have? And you told me that sometimes that question is hard for you to answer.
0: It is. It changes. Really, like, it's changed, what, three times in the past year. <laughs> um, it's kind of, it was difficult before, and now that we're foster parents, it's even more difficult. Like, it's even more complicated. So we have three kids, and um, I always like to say two on Earth and one in Heaven. And so we have a little boy who is seven, named Jack, and we have Owen is three, and um, then we have a daughter who was in between them, and she would have been five. So she died as a newborn. Um, and then we're also foster parents, and we have a five-week-old little girl in our house right now. So I don't know, do we have three kids, or four kids, or <laughs> do I just have two kids? Like, I, it, it kind of fluctuates. Um, and it's kind of funny, because after Amelia, our daughter, died, I went back to the gym at like six weeks postpartum, and I was like, I've got to get, you know, I need to like move. I need to do something. And I met another mom who had just given birth, and, oh, but her baby was probably like four or five months old. And we were kind of chatting about it, and she was like, oh, well, where's your daughter? And she was like, she can't go in the daycare because they don't take babies that are six weeks old. And I was like, Um, she's with my mother-in-law. And I kind of just like lied on the spot, which I never do. But then I was thinking, I was like, that was kind of an inspirational lie because she was with my mother-in-law who died when my husband was young. So technically, like she didn't know that they were both in heaven, but it was kind of a funny little thing for me that, um, yeah, that my daughter is with my mother-in-law and they're both in heaven. Yeah, that that that's got to be a difficult thing, and it probably depends on the situation that you're in and
1: who you're talking to.
0: Exactly. I was like, well, I just met this woman at the gym. You know, we're kind of like doing a kickboxing thing, and it was. (laughs) I was like, well, I don't know if this is the most appropriate time to be like, oh yeah, my baby died. Like, yeah, there's never a good time to say that. Right.
1: Right. That that definitely has to be hard. So, I know that you found out Amelia was your daughter, right? Uh-huh. That's her name, so you found out that Amelia was not going to survive when you were halfway through your pregnancy yep, correct okay yep so so how did you get through those difficult days of pregnancy,
0: knowing um, that you weren't going to have the outcome that you wanted? It was really hard it it was really rough um I wrote on my blog a lot and that was a huge outlet for me. I love to write um so that um really helped me and Looking back, I'm really grateful that I have everything that I wrote at that time in my life, and I was very vulnerable with how I was feeling. And that actually has been able to help a lot of people in a similar situation as me. So that's been kind of cool. Um and I remember, like right after we found out that um, I remember like sitting in church that Sunday right after we found out, and we're in the halls and people are chasing their toddlers and their babies and they're feeding them Cheerios. And I remember thinking like, wow, I don't get to do that with my daughter. And it like hit me that like this baby that I was carrying inside of me wasn't, she wasn't going to get all of these little experiences. She wasn't going, I wasn't going to be able to bring her to church or feed her Cheerios. I wasn't going to be able to, um, sorry, I get so emotional about this. No, that's okay. um, I wasn't going to be able to pack notes in her lunchbox and send her off to preschool. And all these little things that I think um, we take for granted um, kind of just hit me all at once. And so that was kind of hard. And right after we found out, um, well, as we were sitting in the doctor's office, um, receiving the news, she was you know, I was 20 weeks. And so that's about the time when you really start to feel the baby move Mm -hmm. and kick. And it's kind of like a really fun time in pregnancy. And I remember he's telling us that your daughter has anencephaly. She's not going to live after birth. There's zero chance that she will live. And they presented abortion. And I thought there's no way we could go through with that. And as he's presenting this option for us mm-hmm. she's kicking inside of me and wiggling and squirming and i thought like i can't i can't take this away from her like she's a living being inside of me like right. i felt so connected to her already so i think that was kind of the first I don't know yeah that first day when we found out was so hard but I was like determined to make it to the end and that kind of helped us gain perspective and see it through and um, we wanted to donate her organs and so we were able to donate her heart valves and that again was something to look forward to but it was rough like four days after we found out we moved across the state oh, wow. away from my family to a totally new city where we didn't know anyone And, um, people at church that Sunday. So, I mean, we'd known for about a week and we walked into church on Sunday and everybody sees the new family and comes over to say hi to us and introduce themselves and congratulate me on my baby belly. And it's like, oh yeah, thanks. We're, you know, nice to meet you too. We're really excited, but she's going to die after birth. Like we just found out, but I couldn't like keep this. Knew, you know, people had to know it. It was kind of awkward at the beginning of how to tell people. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody, we were meant to be up there, up in San Jose, we we were meant to be there. And that ward just embraced us with all of our baggage that we came with. It was just amazing to see all the women just with open arms, like embrace us.
1: Oh, that's so great that you had such a good support system. So This is, you know, something, you know, as a person that I haven't dealt with that myself, but I know people that have. So what advice would you give to someone like me? Let's say that I knew you at that time. What would you want me to say? What would you want me to do? Do you know know what I'm saying? Like, what what was the
0: best way that people supported you through this, even though it was hard to tell them? Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, you don't, nobody likes to say, well, please serve me in this way. None of us want that, right? And I think it's hard because everybody grieves differently. So what worked for me won't necessarily work for somebody else. And that's really hard to be on the other end of not, not knowing what that person needs. And you just want to help. She died in our arms at home. We were able to bring her home. So she lived two and a half days. And we brought her home from the hospital. And um, it was just kind of like, okay, Allie, Put a smile on your face. We're going to get through this. Kind of like fake it till you make it. And um, I feel like my friends that stepped in and just walked into our house anyway and like listened to the spirit that told them how to help. It was It's just amazing to see this like flood of um, support immediately after. I have one friend that thought on her way to work early in the morning at like seven in the morning, she thought, you know what, I need to drop off an extra newborn girl outfit on Allie's doorstep, just in case she needs it. Because we'd only told, we'd only picked out one outfit. We were told she was going to live minutes to hours. So we picked out one outfit for her to wear. And she ended up living for two and a half days. And we didn't have any girl clothes. And she kind of like started to smell in them. And I was like, oh, no, what do we do? Like, we can't. It was just kind of a weird situation. And my friend had the the thought just came to her, like, let's go drop off an outfit. And just little things like that, just listening. I could tell my friends were like also in tune with the spirit to know exactly what I needed at that time. And oh, that was yeah. that. It's like really powerful to me that just how the spirit works and how God works through other people. So, um, yeah, again, I don't think there's a right answer. Everybody grieves differently. Stocking my freezer was awesome with meals because I was still, (laughs) even though I had empty arms, I was still recovering from a birth and that was kind of hard to, um, yeah, it was physically like this, this weight. I don't know. I can't even describe it. There was like such a, heavy weight, like in my chest and my whole body, because I was like, so like just grieving so deeply. And I remember just one night just screaming in bed as my husband held me because it was just like, all the emotions. I mean, you have all the the pregnancy hormones and you know you're grieving and your child's been taken away from you and it you know it just like all hit me so it was kind of neat to have friends over the next few months as i processed through it that definitely listened to the holy ghost and knew what i needed at the right time
1: yeah that's that's awesome that you had friends that were willing to do that i think you i think you summed it up well what people can do is like you said everyone's an individual so you know, we can pray and know. Ask God, how can we help someone? Yeah, and He's going to send you an answer, <laughs> right? He, yeah, He, he cares. Know. He cares about each one of us, and He uses, you know, He uses the people around us to bless us, and and He'll let you know. And so, I think that's perfect, and that that's a great reminder for people that want to help but just don't know what to do. Let God guide you. Yep. And, and that I'm so, I'm so glad to hear that you had people rallying around you that were willing to do that because it is uncomfortable. It's it's, oh, it's hard so uncomfortable for everyone. I mean,
0: oh, absolutely. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, thanks for sharing about Amelia. I'm I'm am really <laughs> grateful that you would, you would share that story. I know, I know that has to be difficult. Let's talk about your boys. Now you mentioned to me earlier that they both have special needs.
0: They do. So tell so, us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um Owen is, he's now three and a half. So he was born about two years after Amelia. So that pregnancy was really, really hard for me. And mm-hmm. I kind of remember sitting in church and thinking like, I don't ever want to be pregnant again. Like it was just, it was hard. Then when we, you know, I finally gave birth and I, was able, we were able to take him home from the hospital, and it was just this surreal experience to be going home from the hospital with a healthy, strong baby. And um, about a week old, when he was about a week old, um, we started noticing his eyes were different. He wasn't looking at us. He wasn't focusing on anything. His eyes started to wiggle back and forth, kind of swing back and forth, forth like pendulums he seemed like he was blind. So of course, as a mom, you know, you're kind of freaking out. And around two months, he was diagnosed with albinism. That was a lifelong diagnosis. And so what does that mean for him? Just now? kind of crushed us. Having so he albino, I think is what the general term is that people know. So how does um, that affect your the day to day for you guys? I mean it it's everything cognitively he's totally normal, he's very smart, and he's he's a little charming little boy, but he is legally blind, so that um can kind of be a little bit tricky as he's going to preschool. We've been working on getting him to use a cane, and we hopefully will get to teach him braille in the coming years. So so he's legally blind, and then he also needs a hat and sunscreen and sunglasses every time he goes outside. It can get a little tricky. He wears glasses. He has inside glasses and then sunglasses and a hat. And sunscreen. And it was kind of a lot to juggle in that first year. Right. It was really overwhelming. And I thought, this is never going to get easier. And it has gotten easier. He started out blind at birth and he couldn't see our faces till he was about five months old. And that was like after having lost Amelia. And then this was our next baby. I mean, I was just devastated. I was in a really like dark place. I was really angry at God. that he would send us another unhealthy baby, <laughs> another not perfect baby. Right. Then, you know, then Owen started to see us and their vision slowly improves. And so, you know, things got better. We It became our new normal. And then a few years later after that, Jack, who was five at the time, um, was diagnosed with high-functioning autism. So he has Asperger's. So that was kind of like another thing that we had to let sink in. But I kind of saw that one coming. We'd always known from the time he was a toddler that he, um, he just viewed the world differently. He was just a little bit unique. And um, so we kind of, it, it was surprising, but not devastating. Um, but then it kind of hit me. I remember a couple months later that, Oh my gosh! Like we have three kids with disabilities, and they all have different disabilities. Like, what are the odds of that? Right. To have three, you know, we're three for three, and it just kind of like, oh, that's just heavy on your heart, for sure. Like, so, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, you said you you have been through some dark times, dark places. Yeah, and you're Patty... trying to do
0: the Lord's work by right being a mother, like you feel called to do this and you feel like, God, why are you letting me down? Like I'm trying so hard. And I just kept feeling pushed down. And so getting back up was just becoming more and more difficult. But I think um, I was also, and I didn't know it becoming more resilient. So how do you think you bounced out of that? Or I mean, mean, I'm sure you still have
1: Hard days. I'm sure there's still days oh, yeah. that feel dark. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm sure it's <laughs> Yesterday not <was> it's, rough.
1: <laughs> it's not all perfect. But how do you have faith again? How do you know that Heavenly
0: Father loves you and that, that you can do this? I think my husband is a huge support. I call him the rock of our family. He has been through a lot and had a lot of losses in his immediate family. He's just been through a lot and put a smile on his face the entire time. He has been kind of the rock that holds our whole family steady as the rest of us try to figure it out. <laughs> I think that like in retrospect, that was one of the best decisions I've ever made is was marrying Tyler. Um, he's just kind of held us all together while he's holding our family together. I'm able to kind of go searching for answers with where I was um standing with God because I was angry mm-hmm. at him for a while I can
1: imagine yeah
0: and I was kind of I like felt so betrayed and I I didn't understand why he would do this like especially three times right you know with all of my kids I was like just give me you know we just wanted a normal life and um he also sent us miracles through it and I think once I started recognizing those miracles my perspective changed so like one thing we um bought a house that we live in now about a year and a half ago and we fell in love with this old fixer-upper and we knew we wanted to stay here for a long time raise our kids here and I knew the school district was good but I didn't realize like how perfect it would be for our boys and we have just they have bent over backward to give us amazing support. I mean, I have cried in the principal's office before because I've been like just overcome with gratitude for, like, we are at the right place at the right time. Right. And just, you know, like this couldn't have worked out in any other way, but like through God. And I think once I started realizing those and seeing those little miracles, I was able to get more faith in him. You shared with me a quote that kind of goes right along with that by Neil A. Maxwell,
1: that faith in God includes faith in his timing. What does that mean to you? So when I
0: like to think of, I just love this quote, we had it on our wall for a while. Um, When Tyler and I got married, we wanted four kids you know, every couple kind of oh, talks yeah. about the number of kids that they're going to have and, you know, when you're going to start having kids. And and for some of us, that doesn't go like we planned. Sure. And we thought we we're going to have four kids, and we're going to have two kids about two years apart, and then we'll have a gap, like, of, like, three or four years, and then we'll have two more. And, you know, we had we had it all thought out. And now that I look back on that, I'm like, we were so naive. Like, we right. knew nothing. <laughs> but Now realizing God God sends us the right children at the right time, the pattern that our family has taken with children has been perfect. Like it's, I realized that he's in control and he's in charge. And if I just give that over to him, it's going to turn out okay. It's going to turn out better than I would have done it myself. That is a great perspective.
1: And I'm sure that that helps you now as a foster mom
0: because totally. i i
1: can't imagine i'm you've gone through the grief um you know grief for your daughter grief i'm sure for your sons uh-huh. that they that they have these um, disabilities that are holding them back i'm sure you've been through all yeah, of that yeah the life
0: we wish we would have had yeah like like you said you had, it, you had that. it all
1: planned out and that that yep. didn't happen so how do you open up your heart to to foster babies and and these babies aren't coming like perfectly they you no, they, you they know, they have, trauma. they have a lot going on. And so how
0: are you able to do that? Um, a couple years ago, I saw a quote that said, if you have more than you need, build a longer table, not a higher fence. And I, that oh, like stuck good. with me so strongly. And so as we were preparing to move into the house that we're moving in and we totally remodeled it and all of this, we just had foster care in mind and we haven't, just we weren't born with this this thought to be foster parents. That's not how it worked. I think God slowly um, changed our hearts, and through our experiences with all three of our kids, we were kind of just led to foster care. And yeah, it wasn't even on our mind, but it's it's cool because God has given us everything that we've needed. To handle it. It's kind of crazy. Like it throws you for a loop. And you have good days. And you have bad days. And some days it's easy to just snuggle our daughter. Our newborn daughter is five weeks old. And some days it's so nice to just, you know, everybody loves to snuggle a newborn. And other days are really, really, really hard. (laughs) Other days, the trauma that they've been through, you feel like you're carrying it upon Mm -hmm. you. And it's like heavy all over again. And you kind of start to second guess yourself. The thing that keeps me going is that my boys, seeing the perspective that they have on foster care, is like one of the most beautiful things. They get it, they get the gospel of Jesus Christ through foster care. And they are praying for the babies that come in our home, they are praying for those biological parents that have been through. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that they've been through hell and back. Like these Mm -hmm. people have horrible lives and horrible experiences that they've been through. And they still have this deep, deep love for their babies, for their children. And it's really cool to talk about this to my boys and see them and watch them all on their own. Pray for the parents and ask about the parents and really show God's love. It's a really cool, humbling experience.
1: When I when I think of people that do foster care, that is the first word that I think of is love. It has to be from love. I mean, I don't know how else you could do it. And it's so great that you're you're teaching your boys that by not only just by oh, let's have a lesson and let's learn about how to love people. They're they're getting to see it firsthand and experience it. Yes, and that they're living it they're living it. That is a great way to describe it. That is perfect. So I think you've kind of answered my next question already. But how has being a foster parent helped you as
0: a mother to your two boys? How's it changed that? It's given me perspective. Um, All the little things are little things, right? Um, I mean, we still have our days when everything feels like it's, you know, this big weight, and it feels like everything goes wrong. But I think, um, growing up, my kids are kind of growing up in this bubble and I'm kind of pushing them out of that a little bit in a Mm -hmm. safe way. But foster care is very messy and complicated and it might seem counterproductive to bring that into our lives. I love order. I do not thrive in chaos. I am an orderly (laughs) person. We have lists all over our house. I keep notebooks and I like Checking things off, like I am a very organized person, and foster care throws that all out the window, and that's kind of hard for me. But again, like seeing my boys and the the impact that it's had on our entire family, just as we uh, we're trying so hard to like do God's work for us, we feel so strongly that this is what our family's supposed to be doing. That I guess I just kind of give it over to God, and I hope that He takes care of the rest. And he has, in a lot of ways, it's been amazing we've seen a lot of miracles with the two foster children that we've had so far, and it's oh, it's just amazing to see God is wonderful. oh, I love that, and you have such a great perspective, despite
1: the hard things you've been through i'm you can just see that your testimony is shining through and I love that. Thank you for sharing that. What would you say to a mom who's struggling right now, who, who's going through some of the things that you've gone through? Maybe they've lost a child or they have a child just barely being diagnosed with special needs. What what would you say to that mom to give
0: her hope? First off, I think embrace it. Don't rush that grieving process. But when you're through with that, just embrace it wholeheartedly. The sooner I accepted what we were going through, and that this was just our new life, the sooner I was able to allow God's hand to work in our life and to be able to start seeing all of the miracles and all of the ways that he prepared our family to experience what we were going through. And so another thing that I really feel strongly about is joining a support group. And I'm not talking about A support group where you, you know, everybody sits in a circle and they're talking. But Mm -hmm. for me, it was joining like a Facebook support group and having people from all over the country kind of share their input. And with Owens Albinism, it was nice to know, to have other people chime in and learn what they were doing for their kids going through the same thing, whether they were 3,000 miles away or, you know, somebody somebody who gets it because you kind of feel really isolated. I'm sure there's not a lot of people immediately around
1: you. Yeah. With that. Yeah. So yeah, Facebook, social media is a great way to connect. That's awesome. Well, one final question for you, Allie, how have you seen and felt God as your partner in motherhood?
0: God specifically gave me the children that we have. Like I know that without a doubt, (laughs) I'm going to start crying again. I, I've always had like a very strong motherly intuition. I felt very deeply connected to Jack, my oldest, when he first came to us. And I thought, I've got this motherhood thing. Like, I'm really good at this. I have found what my calling in life is. I feel like I knew his spirit and I knew what he needed and I could really reach him. And that didn't mean that I was the perfect parent. I am far from it. Yesterday, I was really grumpy and it affected everybody. And I think we're all still recovering from the damage that I caused yesterday. (laughs) Like I'm not perfect, but I think once I started to own my title of motherhood and feel confident that God gave me my children to look over, like he, he gave me these kids specifically. And I also started to own the title of mom of special needs kids and it like sounds really silly to say that out loud but like, that's what that's what i'm doing like that's my calling was um we were sent these extra unique spirits um in our home and i feel like you know what i'm going to take this and we're going to thrive with it and he's shown us tons and tons of miracles once i started embracing that it, it's like he wants me to succeed Right, God is saying, here, right. I'm giving you all of this, and he's giving me a little push. And it's just been really cool to to see what we can do when we put our faith in God. Oh, that's so great. I love what you said. That
1: message is for all moms. Our kids are ours for a reason, and God wants us to succeed. And with that, we can do it.
0: Yeah, and I think trusting in God doesn't always come very easily. Right. Like, even when he's shown you— a happy ending or a good, you know, a miracle, something amazing has happened. Like, it's still, I still feel skeptical sometimes with the trials that we get sent. Like, really, God, you think that I can handle that? That's where faith comes in. Obviously, he does think we can handle it. And I have so far. I'm not yeah. dead yet, so <laughs> he he thinks we're doing okay. You
1: are doing wonderful. Well, Allie, thank you so much for taking the time to share. I really think that your story, I know that your story is going to help someone out there. And so thanks for taking the time away from your family to share, share for someone else. And I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you well, so much. Thanks for having me. I know you have a million things to do, and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. And for more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedmom. If you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. And I would love it if you'd leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day. And remember, you are doing God's work, and you are doing it wonderfully well.